Martha's clever engineer. But This is NZ17, and I am more pumped than a bodybuilder who has been working up to take on his longtime childhood rival who stole his girlfriend in a competition at the Olympics to determine who's the best. That is how pumped I am for this episode. We have some great anime news. Exciting things have happened in this past week. I've filtered out the chaff to give you the grain. We've got two anime reviews. One of Rojinji and the other of Slayers Volume 3. And, of course, we have the final part of our NDK 2005 interview series, this one with Monica Real. And, as an extra added bonus for episode 90, uh, got a bunch of uh, ASO radio news that we're going to cover in the fan mail section, along with fan mail. And, of course, some more funnies for you guys, because as we all know, funnies are funny, and these commercial funnies will be at the end of the show. So without further ado, let's get to the news and get going! Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to the Evening News with Dan Weathers. This is Dan Weathers recording your weekly anime news. Alright, I hope you're ready for some news, because we've got a gravy train full of tasty treats for your latest consumption. First up, we have... Kamichu premiering at Anime Detour. Jonathan Klein has informed Anime News Network that the English dub of Kamichu will be premiered at Anime Detour, which will be one week earlier than its showing that will be at Teko Shokan. Next up, some very exciting news for video game fans as Super Robot Wars finally, finally comes to America. If you haven't heard of Super Robot Wars, I'll tell you about it in a second. But first, for people that know, the Game Boy Advance games Super Robot Tyson Original Generation 1 and 2 are both set for summer and fall U.S. releases, respectively, according to a press release from Atlas USA. Super Robot Tyson Original Generation 1 and 2, both games, will be the first games from Band Presto's Super Robot Wars series to be released in America. The very first Super Robot Wars game was actually released for the Nintendo Game Boy, just plain Game Boy, the original, in 1991. So 15 years later, we finally get a Super Robot Wars game. About time. This is an awesome series because, first of all, if you like anime, you should be familiar with the name Go Nagai. He has contributed greatly to this series, has been developing Mecha from his series for this video game series for years, plus it's also featured Gundam, uh, it's had Mecha or Ava's from Evangelion, all sorts of series have appeared in this, each one takes uh, mechs from different series, puts them all together in one game, combines characters and storylines from the other games to create wholly original works, very fun, straightforward interface, and I am super pumped to have this game coming to America because we need more quality mecha games. No more of this crap of somebody goes, hey, as giant robot, that's good enough. We need stuff, quality, great stories, great graphics, great music, because music really helps to make an experience, but most of all, excellent gameplay. Next up, Dark Horse has posted an interview with Kazuo Koike. Uh, writer of mangas such as Crying Freeman, Lady Snowblood, and Lone Wolf and Club. Check out the Dark Horse website for that interview if you're having a need to know more information about the dude that made some violent crazy crap. Finally, Ataki Unite has been released on DVD. Yes, that's right. Ataki Unite. A talk. Boy, blah, blah, blah. Talk about talking, right? 
Otaku Unite is now available through major retailers. Central Park Media acquired the fan documentary last July. It will have an MSRP of 19.95, And the description of it is thus. A feature-length documentary on the history of Japanese animation fandom in North America and the die-hard fans, Otaku, whose efforts have enabled Japanese animation fandom to grow and thrive for over 25 years. Uh, Taku, uh, Taku Unite features both interviews with fan authorities as well as industry professionals in a one-of-a-kind documentary that is sure to both inform and entertain. Next up, who's heard of the ring? Raise your hand. Oh, looks like a good number of you. Now, some of you may not know that the American The Ring movies were based off of the Japanese The Ring. Well, very interesting because the Japanese Drawing Room, a new book commissioned by the Russell Coates Art Gallery and Museum in Bournemouth, United Kingdom, is illustrated by Mizuki Sakura of the Ring Manga. Featuring a true story set in Meiji-era Japan, the book will be launched at Bristol International Comic Expo in May. More details are available from Boy Child Productions' website, boychildproductions.co.jp. Next up, some exciting news for sub-fans. That's right, if you like your anime in the original Japanese and you'd like to see it on television, here's an opportunity for you. Imagination dubbed... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sorry, jump ahead. Hikaru no Go will soon air on Imaginasia, according to the latest Shonen Jump newsletter. From the newsletter, quote-unquote, this will be, to the best of our knowledge, the first time a national TV network will be simultaneously airing both the subtitled and dubbed versions of an anime. The dubbed version will be airing in an afternoon or morning time slot, while the subtitled version will be in prime time. Tasty, my friends, tasty. It's about time we get some subtitled uh, anime on American television uh, in the original Japanese with English subtitles at the bottom. That is a delicious way to go because it keeps the original voice actor's intent in there while at the same time letting us know what the hell's going on. Is this a sign that we're going to be seeing more Japanese language anime on television? Probably not, but one can always hope that we're going to see some more because really, that'd be awesome. Next up... Otaku University has been scheduled. That's right. The Otaku University Anime Conference has been scheduled for September 28th through September 30th, 2007 at the Phoenix Mesa Marriott Hotel and Mesa Convention Center. The conference's main goal is to help lead attendees towards jobs in the entertainment industry. Totally awesome. Hey, eh? get involved with anime? Go to Mesa, Arizona. Uh, of course, if you live far away from Arizona, well then, uh, contact a friend. Anyways, we got some cool news for Iraqians. Yes, that's right, as part of our international news, we have some news about anime in Iraq. What a crazy combination. Will it be like peanut butter and uh, chocolate, or will it be like peanut butter and ketchup? Who knows, but uh, listen up. The Captain Tsubasa soccer anime will be dubbed into Arabic and donated to the IROC Media Network, according to Japan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The dubbed version will be called Captain Majed and will be provided within coming days. Uh, early last year, the ministry said that it was considering a plan to subsidize anime broadcasts in underdeveloped nations as a way to foster understanding of Japanese culture and develop future anime markets. Some of you may remember Acer Radio covered this a few months ago. Alright, now for the Ghibli fans, we've got fun news. Fun news, and screw it, informative, exciting news. Studio Ghibli has announced that Ghibli background art director Kazuo Oga will make his directorial debut on a new movie due out July 7, 2006. It will be called Tanayama Gahara no Yoru, or Night of Tanayama Gahara, and it is based on a play by Kenji Miyazawa that was written in 1924. Miyazawa, a famous Japanese writer, wrote the play for his students when he was a 28-year-old teacher. Very cool, because we're bringing the past to the present with a whole new spin. Anyways, uh, production IG anime, that's right. Ghibli's aren't the only people getting fun announcements. On March 23rd at Tokyo Anime Fair, production IG and Sochiku will announce a new 24-episode anime TV series based on an original story by Ko 
Ubu Kata and directed by Kazuhiro Furuhashi. Although the series name is not available, Ubu Kata has named the manga version Xavier Deon. The official site for the manga is uh, has eight pages of the manga available. The English blurb for the anime is thus. 18th century, just before the French Revolution, multiple religious cults of the dark side yeah, way to throw in a reference. We're engaged in secret maneuvers under the name of Revolution. Le Chevier d'Eon, Knight d'Eon, is a diplomat and a special agent working for Louis XIV and is fighting against those cults and also on a mission to find the killer of his own sister. A mysterious cult organization called Rose Cross stands in his way using vicious powers to create a dark creature, the gargoyle, to take over Europe. Anyways, Le Chevier d'Eon, or Charles de Beaumont, who was born 1728-1810, was a real-life diplomat and spy in the 18th century Europe, most famous for being of questionable gender. No, no, not 18th century Europe, although uh, it was kind of questionable gender. No, the man was of questionable gender. You see, while Dion worked as a spy, politician, and soldier for King Louis XV for many years before returning to France during the rule of King Louis XVI, you see, after his return to France, he lived and dressed as a woman. Upon his death, though, doctors confirmed that indeed he was a man. Do you realize how hard it is not to throw an Austin Powers reference in at this point? Very hard. But I'm going to give in. He's a man, baby! Alright, so, who likes Gundam? Oh, oh, much more people raised their hand this time than last. Anyways, according to the latest issue of New Type, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed, CE-73 Stargazer, will be a three-episode uh, ONA, not OVA, ONA, taking place immediately after the Break the World event, the event that led to the start of the war in Mobile Suit Gundam Seed Destiny. For those not in the know, ONA is a recently coined term, much akin to OVA. Now, whereas OVA means original video animation, which is released directly to the home video market, ONA stands for original net animation, meaning animation intended to be distributed over the Internet. So this Gundam is going to see release on the Internet before it's ever released on DVD. The three episodes will be 15 minutes each and will be released online and screened at Gundam-related events in Japan. The first episode will premiere at the Shizuoka Hobby Show in May. A domain for the future official website of CE73 Stargazer has been registered at seed-stargazer.net. However, the URL currently forwards to Sunrise's main website. Hopefully we'll get some real content here soon. Speaking of real content, it's time for Clamp to finally make its U.S. appearance. How many times have I said finally this episode? Send in the answer and you'll win a prize. What's the prize? Um, pride. A feeling of pride. Yes, Clamp is scheduled for U.S. appearance in July. According to an interview conducted by Anime News Network's Chen Qian Chang at this year's Taipei International Book Competi uh, Competition Exhibition, Clamp is currently scheduled to appear in America for the first time this July. No official announcement has been made as to when in July, which convention, which U.S. company is hosting the group, or how many Clamp members will be appearing, but... The interview confirms that at least one member of CLAMP will be visiting America this July. So if you're following, this is an announcement of an announcement of an interview about a possibility of a member of CLAMP maybe showing up at an anime convention somewhere in America in July. That's uh, kind of vague. Uh, also discussed in the interview are CLAMP's plans for continuing their popular ex-manga Recent natural disasters and public slangs, uh, especially the ones by 14-year-old boys, um, have made the manga too violent and controversial to continue publication in a shoujo, or girls, manga anthology. The group is now looking for a new, more appropriate anthology to continue serialization of the manga. And last, apparently... Um, Child porn is just a popular topic on this show. Kind of disturbing. Really wish it would stop. But what can you do? It's related to anime. Yes. Um, okay. Well, first of all, I could go and read the Anime News Network version of this story. 
but I'm not going to because I found the FBI's version of this story much more interesting. So we're going to read that. And then we're going to refer back to the uh, Anime News Network one um, for a bit of background. Anyways, check out this FBI story. You can find it at FBI.gov. Two years ago, Dwight Horley, yeah, what a great name, huh? went to a local office of the Virginia Employment Commission in Richmond, ostensibly to look for jobs online. Instead, he used the state's computer to download and send Japanese anime cartoons showing graphic acts of child pornography. Because of a 2003 federal obscenity law, that's illegal. Just for the record, if it's not moving, it's not anime. But let's move along. The law, designed to help protect children from sexual exploit, the law's abbreviation actually is PROTECT, uh, makes it a federal crime to produce or distribute obscene drawings, cartoons, paintings, or any other visual representations involving the sexual abuse of children. On December 1st, Horley, who had spent time in jail on previous federal child pornography charges, became the first person in the U.S. to be convicted under the 2003 law. On Friday, March 10th, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison and fined $7,400. How did he get caught? Alert employees at the VEC saw Horley print the images and told the supervisor. The, although that sentence is just phrased funny, though, because it makes it sound like Horley printed the images and told the supervisor, but no, it was the employees. The supervisor called the police who contacted the FBI. Our computer experts in Richmond, right, the FBI, and from Child Exploitation and Obscenity Section of the U.S. Department of Justice extracted evidence from the computer, and a Japanese linguist at FBI headquarters translated the text of the cartoons to provide further proof of the cartoon's content. FBI agent Gerald Kim, who led our investigation in Richmond, said the cartoons were extremely graphic. There was no doubt about what was being depicted, Kim said. The Japanese anime was just a part of the case against Horley. Our cyber experts found digital photographs of child porn on the same VEC computer. Horley had also used it to send explicit emails to a young girl and for other emails describing the sexual abuse of children, further violations of federal obscenity laws. In the end, the FBI were able to link, or, well, I'm sorry, this is on the FBI, so they keep saying we. So when I say we, imagine the FBI. In the end, we were able to link Horley to the pornographic uh, images, emails, and other evidence on the computer. He was convicted of a total of 74 counts of obscenity and child pornography. We worked on this day and night to verify that he was the person using that specific computer at certain times, Kim said. But our work didn't stop there. By examining the computer Horley used, our agents were able to identify and track down other peddlers of child pornography, leading to a recent arrest by agents from our St. Joseph, Michigan office near Detroit. Other cases are currently in motion. And then at the end it has some information about protecting children from this sort of exploitation. So, uh, very interesting. Um, Kind of wild, but kind of ties into uh, a part of the uh, last episode subject. Um, for those wondering, the 2003 Prosecutorial Remedies and Other Tools to End the Exploitation of Children Today Act, or PROTECT, which I prefer to refer to as Public Law 10821, defines computer images that are indistinguishable from real children engaging in sexually explicit conduct as child pornography while simple drawings, which are easily distinguishable from real children, are not considered child pornography. So, if you're going, wait, what, wait, 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 what exactly does that go? Because if they're anime, then they're not exactly um, looking exactly like real children, right? Well, when it says um, easily distinguishable from real children, it's talking about... Uh, crude drawings that could be interpreted very ambiguous. Uh, but when it says um, images that are explicitly this way, it means that the intentions of the drawings um, subjects are not in question. So, very interesting. And apparently that's the end of the news too. So, what a way to go and uh, end off the news. Uh, so, let's move along then to a happier subject of our review of Slayers and our review of Rojan Z. Does it suck? Does it rock? Who knows? Anime review. So, it's time to review Slayers. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to go on like that. Slayers is very action-packed comedy. 
uh, set in a fantasy medieval world. And with all the sword sorcery and just general zaniness to it, I kind of conduct an interview in that sort of quiet, serious tone. So what happens in the third volume of Slayers on DVD? That's right, we're reviewing episodes 13 through 20. Uh, well, there's a uh, great number of crazy things that happen because it's seven frickin' episodes. I mean, sheesh, they were really generous with this stuff. Uh, I mean, you got to go and give credit where credit is due. Uh, oh, come on, come on, do-do-do-do-do. Sorry, trying to look it up while I'm talking. Not working exactly as well as I was hoping. Do-do-do-do-do. Um, Who published this? It's great stuff. They did a great job. Um, so I really should know this, but I don't owe the tragedy. Anyways, for those of you who haven't seen Slayers, it follows the adventures of Lena Inverse, a powerful sorceress that uh, is mainly concerned with money, and that's about it. <laughs> no justice, no fame, she wants the power, and she wants the gold. So, I am going to jump off a freaking cliff if I cannot go and find out who it was that published Slayers. It's just uh, driving me crazy. Seriously. So, I am sorry to break the flow of the show, but we must know who it is that did the Slayers collection. Uh, okay, well, apparently it doesn't want to go and tell us, but we're going to force it by going and putting hot brands under its legs. Let's see. Uh, that's good enough. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on. We don't want to keep these people waiting. Thank you. Oh, great. That tells me nothing. <laughs> All right. Let's try this again. Come on. Be a good boy. Let's see. Slayers. Slayers Premium Graphics. Slayers Premium. Okay. Well, apparently nobody wants to go and give me what I want, which makes me sad. And sad NZ-17 isn't a fun NZ-17. Uh, apparently, the Slayers is now out of print. Um, so that really sucks. Let me just put it back in print. Oh, well. That's no concern of ours for now, because we will just continue on. Uh, Lena Inverse has several companions that uh, run alongside her at various times. There is Zell Goddess a, uh, if you will, stone golem. Unfortunately for uh, poor Zell Goddess, he is no longer the man he once was after being, um, if you will, merged with Rock by the Red Priest Rezo. Real big bummer for him, he's trying to undo this. There we are, Central Park Media. Got to give big props to Central Park Media for putting so many episodes per DVD. Really warms up my heart. Um, but really, Central Park Media, go start printing more DVDs because people need to see the Slayers. It's a good show. Um, so, okay, yeah. Zell Goddess in this episode, uh, this volume, unfortunately gets a voice change. A uh, very different voice in volumes uh, in the early episodes where he first appeared before they defeated the uh, great evil Shabernigdo. And now he's got a different voice, just doesn't seem to fit the character as well. It's not that the voice actor doesn't go and do a good job, it just seems that it's not quite Zell Goddess quality. The voice is just off for this sort of character. Uh, of course, we also have Gallery, who is the, uh, let's just say he's the blonde swordsman. Uh, very, very fierce in his fighting, but not very fierce with his thinking. Uh, there's also Amelia, who is the uh, princess of a kingdom who is fiercely, fiercely obsessed with justice and seeing wrongs righted and justice triumphing. And introduced in this episode is a love interest for Sir Gowry. Oh, yes. Um, fortunately, though, Green Scene has merged all of its things, and so I can't go and look at the individual characters, and it makes me go crazy. It makes me go violent. But, you know, violent and crazy sometimes makes for an interesting thing to see. Let's see. Navigation, passion, blah, blah, blah. Proposal, Syrag, blah, blah, blah. All right, well, screw this then. <laughs> uh, so we introduce the new girl. Gallery remembers her amazingly enough, but only because of her quality cooking. She has a big crush on Gallery, which is immediately obvious to everybody but Sir Gallery. 
uh, and she becomes our latest addition to the crew, providing a white magic slash healer role to the group. So now we got Lena, the black magic sorceress. We got Zelgadis with his semantic magic. We have Gowry with his sword of light and his swordsman skills. We have, um, Gowry's unnamed love interest, who is a uh, maid in Cyrak, uh, bringing the white magic, and we've got Amelia, who brings um, a lot of slapstick comedy relief, as she goes and gets freaked out by Gowry's potential making out, uh, and gets the crap slapped out of her by Lena for going and causing her to slip up. Um, and of course, oftentimes Amelia is going and bashing this bad guy or that bad guy just because they're gross and just suddenly blurts out a spell without actually being able to go and do these spells when she thinks about them. So, kind of funny. Um, the last episode on this, episode 20, though, leaves us with a cliffhanger. Um, up until then, we've seen a lot of the characters going around doing this, doing that. Uh, they've been uh, dogged by a swordsman by the name of Zongulus, and also a uh, mage, which keeps getting killed but reappearing. Uh, there's a bit of plot behind that, so I don't want to tell too much, but I will tell there's some crazy stuff happening with the supposedly dead Rezo. So, episode 20, though, leaves us on a big cliffhanger as all the good guys are about to go and take on the head honcho bad guys. Uh, so, kind of a bummer. So hopefully we will go and get the fourth disc of this series and be able to have that resolved for us. So what am I going to go and get this? Well, um, I kind of, on the one hand, want to go and give this a highly recommended rating because uh, this is a really fun episode. We got one where Lena's faking to go and get married for 5,000 gold, but she just can't bring herself to give away her first kiss. Uh, so on and so forth. Uh, lots of funny things, but unfortunately it recycles a number of things. Like I said, the swordsman and the mage keep showing up, so, you know, not too much effort there. We get another fishman showing up, so that's rather late. And then Rezo comes back. How much, you know, recycling are we going to do? Not to mention Zelgadis, who just left, returns again. So, what can I say? Uh, I'm going to have to go and give um, episodes 14 through 20 of The Slayers are recommended. Next up, we have Rojin Z, which has absolutely horrible cover art. I mean, I realize it was put out by U.S. Manga Corps, um, who some people say is of questionable taste. Um, but they really could have used much better artwork. The artwork for this shows the robotic transforming bed uh, and its elderly occupant that are the stars of this show. Uh, but really, the, the art isn't close up of the man or the bed. It's in an ugly hall, no detail to it. They really could have sold a lot more copies of this, which it deservedly should sell more copies. Um, if they had featured, say, a pan shot of the full cast, there's um, a lot of people of various ages from middle-aged to young people in college to the very elderly to the still rambunctious up on their own two feet elderly which help out the nurses. Did I say nurses? Yes, I did because Rogency is all about our growing elderly population in Japan. Um, unfortunately, even here in America, the elderly's needs are outpacing our production of nurses and nurse aides to go and take care of them. The hospice people, which are so sorely needed, um, are actually part of the show as well. We have four, a male nurse and his three um, co-students, um, co-ed, isn't it wonderful, um, all of which have really nice character designs to them. Um, the one, uh, the very caring one, uh, takes care of this poor old man. Her name is uh, Haruko. And she sees it as her duty to take care of him, even when the government steps in with Special Robot Z001, which is designed to take care of every need the elderly have, facilitate them in every fashion. However, Haruko goes and sees this as being horrible and against his will, uh, in large part because it provides none of that human warmth and contact that people so desperately need. So uh, she and her classmates go into the lab to go and rescue this guy. Unfortunately for them, though, they get discovered, 
Um, fortunately for them, they inadvertently went and revealed a function of the robot that was not known, and so they didn't get arrested. However, they were on uh, very highly watched notice. But she still couldn't allow this poor man to go and get uh, bedridden as such, even though it was a very advanced bed. And so she employs the help of several other of her patients to go and hack into the computer's core in the bed. The bed is very interesting because it's supposed to just simply be a hygiene, entertainment, food-serving combination to take care of all the needs of the elderly, including a bath every week, whether they need it or not. However, the bed has crazy morphing abilities which allow it to go and assimilate other machines and uh, mechanical devices, um, leading to a very Akira-esque feel to it, which isn't uh, that far-fetched, as the author of Akira also authored this. However, concerns of people that this may be another incre incredibly violent, bloody sexual show need not worry because Rojin Z is uh, much a comedy. There is the occasional uh, panty shot or a uh, part of the bare body being exposed, but usually for comedic effect. Uh, the show is a lot of fun, even though uh, at some points it is a little bit gross, and at other points it's just kind of a bit too stretched out. Uh, there's plenty of slapstick, funny faces, and outrageous stuff as the government tries and automates the care of the elderly. And, of course, the designer of the machine is a mad scientist working for the CIA to develop advanced military machinery. You can only imagine that this creates a bed that's rather unruly. However, it is rather charming that the bed takes on the persona of the poor occupant's dearly departed life. So it's both heartwarming, funny, and weird all at the same time. So... I'm kind of sort of wanting to go and give this a recommended because it's just kind of way too weird. And uh, you got to feel – the other part that takes away from the comedy is you feel bad for the old man. Um, on the other hand, though, I like going and seeing all the peppy old people who uh, are keep outsmarting the middle-aged government types. And so in the end, I'm going to go and give this a highly recommended. Uh, now, before we go and get into the next part of the show, there's two things that we're going to do. First of all, I am going to go and give you a comparison with our sister site, Anna Fanatico's Reviews, so that you can go and gauge your uh, interests, the type of anime you like, with Anna Fanatico and Aesop Radio, so that you can go and get a better idea of whether or not these shows are worth watching. So... Without further ado, what did we go and give um, on Anathematicu to Rojin Z? Well, resident author of our reviews, Warp Shadow, has given Rojin Z a rating of very good on his scale. That is basically equivalent to a highly recommended. And for Slayers, he gives it a rating of good. So there you go. We're more or less spot on when it comes to the ratings. Uh, as a matter of fact, for this episode, we've been exactly parallel. However, kind of sad to say, doesn't have a review for the Daichis. That's right, because you all have been just so good and special, and because it's episode 90, and I like even numbers. Not as much as odd numbers, though, but hey, episode 90. I'm going to go and toss in a bonus anime review from Aso Radio's Unheard Past. Um... This one features me and DB3 giving a review of the Daichi's Earth Defense Family. Uh, sadly to say, though the title makes it sound fun, the anime isn't not fun. So, how about I go and tell you from NZ's past what I thought. Plus, DB3 is always a nice, friendly voice to hear on the show. Without further ado, here we go. Well, once again we are going to talk about the latest anime we've watched. This one's Daichi Earth Family. Yeah, the Daichi Earth Defense Family. Yeah, it is a, um, it's basically about a family that's falling apart. Mom is trying to get divorced from the dad, and at the last instant, um, they're summoned by the Earth Defense System to be the the family that defends the Earth. Interestingly <laughs> enough, and more or less, the, the Galactic Federation goes and selects this family to go and protect Earth because there's a 
oncoming giant asteroid of some sort headed towards the planet. And so the family has, uh, has been sent their special transformation cards, but at first they don't believe that they're selected to defend the Earth. Yeah, it takes them a while. Like The dad's like doing all this research on it. The son, Daichi, he's all excited about it. He's like, yeah, man, let's do this. The mom's being her suck-up self, saying, I'm too good for this. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. And the yeah. daughter's like, She's ah, just ah, ah, all indecisive because she just keeps stressing out over it rather than just, you know, doing something. Yeah. Uh, so this is supposed to be kind of a slapstick comedy on one hand, and then on another hand, it's supposed to be more of a... It's also a take on the families dealing with divorce and the separations of parents and what have you. And, I don't know, what do you think, TV3? I, other than the, like, I didn't really like the animation they had in this one. Like, yeah, I didn't like the, I, I, I liked the character design somewhat of, like, the female characters, but the guy characters had poor characters, yeah. in my opinion. And it felt, like, too cartoony. Yeah, yeah, it certainly did. Um, I liked the music. I liked, I don't know, I liked it. Yeah, the music almost made me think they were going to, like, start catching a big wave surf Hawaii <laughs> style, man. It was just kind of like, But, if you've ever seen any, like, normal person transforming into a superhuman with a cool costume, you've seen about what this is up to. Yeah, this is, outside of its promise of a family working together to go and save the earth, there's not really anything special or atypical about this show. In the first episode, there's this alien that attacks, that, that, like, shoots off from the asteroid and comes to attack Earth. And as I mentioned... It looks like an Evangelion angel. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mentioned it to you, I was like, where are the, where are the Evas? They should be coming. And it, yeah. They didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not much else to say about this. Yeah. So really, I mean, it's basically at first they don't want to work together and then they have to in order to save the world, you know. That's <laughs> just about something else. Um, I'm going to give this show a uh, not recommended. Um, generally, if something's just mediocre, I give it a neutral, but this was just for me. I, I watched it both in the English and the Japanese, and neither one, uh, it just must be a show, because neither one of the voice casts seemed very into it at all. And it just it just came across as really boring, like the people recording it weren't into it, or they were bored or whatever, uh, both on the Japanese sub and the English sub, and this just kind of pervade out to the viewers too and so I just found it too incredibly boring even to give a neutral so I'm going to give uh, Dutch Earth Defense Family it's, I've got to give it a not recommended DV3 hmm well other than the cartoon the, the, the cartoon feel it had to I, I rather liked it um I just like uh, the, I don't know I like uh, it's just funny how the son kept charging into it and getting his more or less getting the crap beat out of him and I, I, I sort of like the idea of it um but, yeah, it's just sort of, I don't know, out there, it feels like. So, I'll give it a neutral. Boarding, border on recommended, but a neutral for myself. Fan mail. Fan mail. Fan mail, fan mail, fan mail, fan mail, fan mail. Fan mail! Can you guess which section of the show we're at now? Yeah, good job. Uh, of course, fan mail we've got to get to. We've got some ASO radio news. Uh, but before I get to that, I want to say one thing that I wanted to mention during that Rojan Z review, which disappointed me, was that Central Park Media did not go and include, uh, sorry, that Long Accord did not include a subtitle track that was for the signs. There's a lot of signs shown in this that are in Japanese, and the only way to know what those signs say is if you have the full um, Japanese-English subtitle track on. Um, but, of course, seeing all the words for all of the things the characters are saying, while they're saying it, is rather annoying. So you can't really know what the signs are saying unless you can read Japanese or you've already watched it subtitled. No fun there. Thankfully, though, most of the signs are not very important to the plot. All right, so we've got fan mail. And this, uh, our fan mail for this week is from Warp Shadow, who's writing about episode 89. Warp Shadow writes, 
ANZ, I just want to say that I dig the improved audio quality. It was especially noticeable when it was contrasted with the interview you had at NDK. Don't worry about the volume. If I think it's too quiet, I have a dial to fix that. Well, thanks for the reassuring words, Warp Saddle. I'm glad to know that our improved sound quality is carrying through. It's nice to be rid of that echo. And though I like the volume not clipping, uh, I do not like the volume being quiet. But, like you said, many people have speakers that can be verily adjusted to go and give the audio that extra boost. Number two, about your child porn rant, I wonder where the line, where you think the line should be drawn. For example, anime abounds with suggestive images of girls under the age of 18. Many of these girls are of girls past puberty, which was very generous to said girls, being that they are Japanese teenagers, and not explicit. On the other hand, like any sexual fetish, pedophiles will interpret shows their own way. I can imagine somebody is watching Cardcaptor Secura and getting off on it. Now, while I could go and make a cheap joke at Warp Sav's expense at this point, I'll refrain, and instead address his concern, which is where I draw the line. Well, that's a very interesting question, and very subjective from person to person. Generally, I go and I look at it this way. Nudity is nudity, and nothing more. It's a completely neutral thing. So somebody that is naked is no more harmful than somebody that is um, just standing there with clothes on. However, um, how to put this, eroticism is in the mind, and so some people can interpret just the sight of a naked body just being um, as something sexual. And as we all know, children... Um, like to go and be sans clothes because to them there is no taboo about it and they're just simply wanting to get out of the restraints of clothes. However, once um, puberty takes over the body and uh, the resulting changes happen, including in the mind, it is then uh, understood by these uh, people, these children uh, become adults, in the sense that they are now aware of their own bodies and uh, feel shame for them. So, I draw the line in the fact that nudity is not pornography and never should be considered as such. However, being engaged in sexual acts is pornography. Uh, and by sexual acts, I mean stimulation of the genitals in order to give a pleasurable experience. Um, now, uh, granted that, uh, boy, you know, if these two episodes don't go, episode 89 and 90 don't get us banned from schools, nothing will. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, as far as what's considered child pornography and what's considered regular pornography, I draw the line at whatever the respective adult age of legal consent is in the area that... Um, um, wherever the person may be. So, in Japan, the age of legal consent is 20. So, I would say that anyone under the age of 20 um, probably, wait a minute, legal consent. In Japan, the age of 20 applies to drinking, voting, and smoking, driving cars, but I don't think it applies to sex. So, let me revise this. Um, generally, I don't think that it should go with the uh, contrived age of what an adult is considered to be. So, in a certain jurisdictions, 20 is the age of an adult, 21 in others, 18 in some, um, 16 in some, 14 even in a few places. Uh, but as my general rule goes, if they're under 16, then they're probably too immature, not physically to handle sex, but uh, emotionally to handle sex. And so I would go and say under 18, uh, under 16, in my opinion, should be considered um, child pornography. Uh, but then again, as someone who once went through puberty myself, I must say that, um, granted at that age, that you feel like sex is a given and that uh, you want as much of it as you can have. So um, I suppose the best way to describe what child pornography is, is this, in my opinion. 
And that is, is that the line should be drawn at the fact that only a physically mature person should go and engage in sexual activity. Because if they are not a physically mature person, then that sexual activity is only for the gratification of the person who is sexually mature. And that is taking advantage of a minor in my book. And so there you have it. That is my opinion. And it's kind of stretched out, but I hope that was satisfactory to answer your question. So, enough about all of this uh, crazy moral calls and various doodads, if you will. Uh, let's go and move on to some ASO radio news. As you know, um, or if you're not aware, here's some news for you. Episode 90 marks our first episode ever to be considered part of Club NZ. Yes, March 13th, 2006 will go down as a day of infamy when NZ17 Productions first launched officially its Club NZ uh, members group. This uh, exclusive club, uh, only for paying members of ASA Radio's listening audience, offers advanced episodes and higher quality. So if you're an audiophile or you just want to go and get your ASA Radio episodes as soon as they're available, I highly encourage you to join up with Club NZ. Members get the latest episode of ASA Radio a week in advance of the general public, plus they get awesome exclusive macro V comics and wallpapers, and nowhere else to be seen anti-fanatic who articles. So a great deal for only $20 a month. Think about it. That's less than $1.70 a month for 12, no, not 12, over freaking 48 episodes of ASO Radio per year. Throw in all the macrobobian anti-fanatic stuff and you've got yourself a heck of a deal for a very low price. And the best part is you go and help us stay on the air, which is something we need to do if you want to hear more ASO Radio. So, for more details, go and check out the uh, feature section of the ASO Radio website. You'll see a link there to Club NZ and numerous links to it throughout the site. So, anyways, I'm very proud to have launched Club NZ. I hope everybody listening out there heavily considers joining as it's going to help go and give us the money that we need to go and bring you the best in internet-based entertainment, whether that's Antifanatic Q&H articles, Macro V&H comic strips, or ASO Radio and its episodes. And um, one more thing that you'll notice is I have put on the main page of the ASO Radio site, besides my little notes section, is a small little envelope, which some of you may recognize from our uh, earlier days. Yes, clicking on this little envelope on the front page, which is just so adorable, will take you to the fan mail page of the website, which you can use to go and send in fan mail, which we will read aloud on this very section of our ASO Radio show. So, I think that we've covered enough about Club NZ, the fan mail, and various blah, blah, blah. So, it's time that we get um, moving on to the um, hotspot because it's very, very hot. Come right up and spin the wheel to a very hot spot. This hot spot, we have the second half of our interview with Monica Rial that we conducted at NandesuCon 2005, and this marks the final segment of our NandesuCon 2005 interviews. Next episode, we'll see the return of the random spinning of the hot spot wheel, which will have us reviewing manga, soundtracks, video games, and doing all sorts of crazy, fun, and interesting things. And, of course, we're going to keep going and running through our commercial funnies until we get to the end. Speaking of commercials and conventions, though, if you know of any anime conventions in your area that would like to be mentioned on the ASO Radio program, please send their contact information to us using the fan mail form. We're going and doing a bit of a thing with anime conventions to go and give them advertisements on ASO Radio. So uh, help us out so we can help them out so all the anime fans can be better informed and get the word out. All right, so let's jump on into our Monica Real interview, Nandesukan 2005. The other thing about Dynamics, they cannot balance the budget. Like, let's spend all the money in the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, there's quite a few studios that can do yeah. that, where you'll get, like, the first couple of episodes are beautiful, and then it goes to crap, and then it goes back to beautiful again at the end, or, or it just proceeds to, like, fall down the hill slowly. Well, I, I watched it in her circumstances. I know how things can be. That last volume, the last episodes are, like, um... Uh, no, I know. I'm not giving away the details. You know, uh, what, what's the storyboard? It's like storyboard. Oh, no. But not even dubbed over storyboard. It's like, say, oh, emotion, 
feeling deceit, revenge, you know. It's, uh, it's so after hearing something like that, would you want to go watch a show? Yeah, His and Her Circumstances is awesome. It's a great show. Oh, it's okay. an awesome Well, then I'll show. forgive them for the storyboard. There you go. But uh, <laughs> moving along, moving along, uh, I hear you were a television star recently playing Tachuco. Yes, I actually made my way onto Cartoon Network. Um, it still baffles me that that... Well, I'm sure you'll do that again in the near future. Yes. In fact, <laughs> actually, I'm in case close as well playing Amy. Oh, I know. So well, I was going to get to that, but uh, you beat me to the punch. Sorry. Melt Chan, that's kind of a wacky show to end up on. It is. Um, I really am baffled by the fact that Cartoon Network chose the version that they did to air on television. There's two versions of the dub. There's the an Americanized version that's very nouveau. Because Super Milk Chan was basically set in, you know, the early, mid-90s, and it was very much Japan at that moment. Lots of cultural references. Um, yeah, political yeah. leaders and whatnot that aren't even in power today, and I'm sure that the kids in Japan have no idea who they were talking <laughs> about either. Um, so we did one that was kind of an Americanized, up-to-date version, and we did one that was just a strict translation where you would go, who's this guy? Oh, I don't know, just say his name. You know, just to make sure that we had one that was completely to the point and completely by the book. <laughs> and that's the one cartoon network television. And I was like, you really? You think they'd want the Disney one, you know? It's cartoon network. It's a dope swim. But no, they went with the... And that, I mean, not to say that the original isn't funny, it is, but it's funny for different reasons. It's just random funny. You know, people like the newscaster that's on, you know, talking and all of a sudden ninjas come and yeah. see the crap out of her. Or silly little things. Like, that was a very, very fun show to record. I didn't have to worry about lip flaps. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. When you're a bubbling bottle, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, at, yeah. At least I hope it was supposed to be a bottle. It could have been something else. Yeah, it, that's, that's, unfortunately, she gets the other, the other a little bit more. I have people coming up to me talking about the condom robot. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. You, you are the best condom robot ever. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I hope I'm the only condom robot. <laughs> Of all the ones I've seen this year. Uh, let's see what else I've got on this list. Now, um, I'm, I'm going to save uh, possibly the best for last. Ooh. Um, but uh, uh, my little sister is a fan of you, just so you know. Aww. Um, now, uh, uh, you, you sound somewhat uh, familiar with the way that Adult Swim and Cartoon Network do things. Yeah. So I'm sure you know with Case Closed that they aired that at night originally because, you know, even though it's a kid show in Japan, it has murder in it, exactly. so they didn't want it to be seen by kids. Well, in the East Coast, you know, the shows air uh, two hours earlier mm -hmm. or later than they do here. And Case Closed, like I said, originally at night, but now it's playing at 6 o'clock in the morning in this area, probably a little later in the day in the other area yeah. that they just that. And so since then, she's been able to watch it on a regular daily oh. basis. And so she watches all the time. And I say, oh, is Conan going to solve the case? And she goes, oh, of course, Conan's smart. He always solves the case. Oh. But he really likes your role as Amy. Oh. She really likes you. She's like, I, I, I said to her one episode, not even knowing that you played the character, I just really like the voice that you did for. Because it fits so well, because it sounds like a little girl, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's upbeat. I like that. And, um, I said, so, so is that the Conan's girlfriend? It, uh, you know, what's her name? And she's like, oh no, that's, that's Amy. She, she likes Conan, but I don't think he knows she does. <laughs> I think he does. I just think, you know, she might be a little older. I, I think it's unfortunate that But that it's just show, adorable. The whole show is very cute. All the characters look very cute, very, very nice. And it's a great story. I mean, if you go along, it has a very episodic feel to it, but at the same time, there's a continuing plot yeah. that goes throughout, I think it's on, you know, 400 and something in Japan now. It's still being produced. Um, it's just quite the run, I mean, people talk about how long Dragon Ball Z ran, but it's nothing compared to Conan. To Conan, Conan's still going, but... Um, I think it's unfortunate that, granted, yes, it has blood in it and it has death. It's not, it's not... It's a murder mystery show. It's not like they're going to go, oh, he disappeared. Let's try to figure it out. Yeah, and there's nothing that they, could, they can't see on that show that they couldn't read in a Sherlock Holmes mystery or that Sherlock Holmes, hello, I got that retardedly returned around. Um, but there's nothing that they couldn't read about in the book or see on. I can't believe there are people that won't let their children watch Conan, but they'll allow them to watch CSI. 
Yeah. You know, I'm like, I would much rather my child Where the camera zooms around in 3D and zooms yeah. onto the back end of a fly with a single drop of blood on it that they're able to extract the full DNA Or, you from. know, people having, you know, sexual relations and then killing other people. And <laughs> I'd rather my child see, you know, a dead cartoon guy. You know, yeah. a cartoon guy laying on his back with his eyes open. I, I like how in case closed, everybody that dies has the same expression. Yes. Jaw dropped, wide open, <laughs> eyes buggy with little thoughts and I it's awesome <laughs> it's very awesome alright well we're almost out of time for our interview cool. which is very sad okay. uh, you're very lucky with the equipment start working <laughs> but um, I saved my favorite for life uh-uh. and I have to say I really really love you know the follow up OAB spinoff but I really really love oh I love it and you did Hyatt very very well thank you it must not be easy to pay play an anemic person that dies often no and in fact when I went into audition I thought Matt Greenfield was messing with me because he gave me I auditioned with three lines I didn't even usually have a scene he gave me three lines he's like this girl is an alien princess, she's sickly, she's kind of deer in headlights, and she dies all the time. Go. And I'm like, oh, da, da, da. okay, and that's what came out. And um, as he went along, it just kind of blossomed, and that character, I really, truly love Hyatt. Like, it's so much fun. And what's amazing about that dub is that I was at a convention last year with Shinichi Watanabe, Nabashin, basically. And he complimented me on my height. He's like, I, oh, height, oh, yeah, you know, giving me the thumbs up and everything. And I was like, this is something that, you know, goes across the ocean, that he's actually seen my height, you know, I've seen his height. So it's, um, it's really, really neat. I just, that show to me was, I loved the fact that I got to be so girly and petite and then make these horrible, horrible <laughs> dying noises. And so is it true that Jessica actually more or less blew out her voice doing Excel? Well, here's the real deal, and I'll tell this story so that it's clear. It was a very amicable relationship. Oh, it wasn't oh like I have heard that they said, well, we want to get this out fast. Do you think you can do it? She said, well, I think I can. Yeah, and then she, well, basically what happened is she kind of declined after a while. They were like, we have the schedule. We have to, because the fans had been waiting for Excel so I mean, They were very rapid while yeah, it was being released. They were very, they wanted it now, and um, they were just kind of wanting it right now, and she couldn't, unfortunately, couldn't keep up the schedule because it was like, it's a hard role to record. A lot of screen. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got to wrap it up here real quick. Um, as a matter of fact, maybe even now. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you later at the time. Great. And it's been a pleasure having you it's on our show. It's been so great to meet you guys. Thanks, and thank you. And thank you to all the listeners. Well, Thanks we'll stop by your panels if we can. Awesome. I'd love to see you there. All, all right. right. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope that all of you out there have found these interviews uh, very fun and informative, going and kind of giving a different perspective on the anime industry, because all we get to see is the end product. So it's a really nice uh, treat to be able to hear from insider perspective on how everything is done and just the way the industry works. It's really quite special. And thus concludes our Nandesukan 2005 interview set. Uh, hopefully we will be able to attend one or two anime conventions this year if we're lucky and bring you more interviews. Starting next episode, we are going to have um, some of our guests were able to go and give our little blurts for ASO Radio, a little ear catchers as I like to call them. And we're going to take those and um, pull them out of the interviews as well as a couple of uh, ads for uh, ASO Radio's affiliate sites, if you will. And a fanatic who and macro will be the comment. Gonna play those on our future episodes in the commercial placeholder sections. Uh, okay, yeah, that's right. Uh, next up we have some funnies for you. Our fourth set, actually, in our series of comedic ESO radio moments that we put together for our commercial spots. Um, we may feature some of these in the future during our little commercial breaks, all depending on how I feel and if I remember to do it. For now, however, let's go and bring out Series 4 of our ESA Radio Commercial Funnies. Mr. and Mrs. American, when you're having a difficult time getting your baby's pacifier delivered, if you need to make a special casserole delivery to your granddaughter, or you know somebody else that deserves something special, but you need to get it there quick and you need to get it there fast, and the home ground route isn't going to do it, do what I, Sean Harvey, do. 
I go and I use Kiki's delivery service. This funky young girl knows how to go and get something there on time and under budget. She can go and deliver anything that can be lifted up by a broom. Her, her talking cat and her broom are my preferred solution to get anything done when the post office just isn't going to cut the mustard. So be sure to check out Kiki's Delivery Service of Wacovano, Wisconsin today. Hey folks, have you been wanting to go to those places where you've been needing to go for a long time? Or do I have the most perfect solution for you? Take it to Toro Bus Lines. That's right, those fuzzy comfy seats that you've always wanted to sit in? Well, they're available now. Only for 199 That's right, we'll run you up and down the super highway lines on the highway. For no problem at all, we'll take you to those people that you need to see who are sick in their beds. We'll even take you to the places that you've never even thought of in your imagination. The neighbor to Toro's Bus Lines. That's right. With all our 16 legs, we'll get you there as fast as you need. Would you like to go and have your ad on Asia Radio? It's really easy. It's uh, so easy, I forgot how simple it was. <laughs> hey man, will you hand me Akira? What is Akira? I don't know. It's not even safe. Well, man, oh, we don't have any anime to watch. What are we going to do? I've been too extreme with my anime lifestyle. We won't have time to go down to Ballbuster or any of those recording places. I said, this is all we have. There's only one thing to do. Oh, are you talking what I think you're talking about? Dude, what of course I am. A talking video unlimited has thousands of anime DVDs just waiting for us to rent. It's the most important place ever. You can choose a one of a many, many ones. Yeah, dude, they've got the two out of a time, the three. The five out of time, the ten, and the Otaku level. That's right, man. One hundred different discs out at the same time. We heard them right. That was one hundred different discs. So be sure to call one eight 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 Otaku Universe or online otakuuniverse.com.org.tv. Yes, sir. I think those commercials prove once again that there's some products that only anime can buy. Well, I want to thank all of you for going and joining us for episode 90 of ASO Radio. This is our second-to-last episode for this uh, season of ASO Radio. Season 9, or no, season 8 is just around the corner. I'm very excited to go and be bringing yet another high-quality ASO Radio season to you listeners at home and around the world. So, for episode 90 of ASO Radio, this is NC-17 saying, Sayonara! Asia Radio is copyright of NC-17 Productions. Asia Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share-like license. Additional licenses available. For more information, visit us online at www.nc17.com.